Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Liza, Tony, Adam, Bridget, and Mark. Hi, everyone. Hey, Chris. Hi. So tonight we have a special guest, Amber. Amber is one of our agents over at Main Street and More Travel, and she and two of her fellow agents, Stephanie and Rachel, started a podcast called The Fairy Pod Mothers. It's available on iTunes and pretty much everywhere you can listen to a podcast. And um, we thought we would have Amber on tonight. So welcome, Amber. Hey, thank you so much for having me. You are more than welcome. Last week, uh, Bridget, Amber, and I, and some other agents all actually went to Universal. And we thought it would be kind of interesting to talk about what happens when a Walt Disney World fan goes down the road, goes down I-4, and experiences Universal for pretty much the first time. I know you guys have been there in the past, but it's been a really long time. Yeah, it's been a very long time for me, for sure. Yes. And it's about, what, 10 years for you, Amber? Yeah, 10 years, definitely before we had kids. Okay. That's how I mark time. <laughs> and, and, and before all the Harry Potter stuff went into the park, too. Yes, definitely. Okay. So I think the parks have really changed a lot since then. So we're going to talk about that. Just a first-timer's impression. Um, just off the top of your head, what was the biggest difference? And I'll start with Amber since she's our guest. What was the biggest difference to you between Walt Disney World and Universal? If you had to just narrow it down. So to me, it comes down to, um, as a family, if I'm taking my family, um, if, it, if I had younger kids, I probably would not steer towards Universal, probably keep it more on the Disney side. But then as my kids got older, like teenager, around that age, I'm going to probably steer more towards Universal. Okay. That's actually really valid, I think. How about you, Bridget? I would say the same thing. Um, and just to add on to it, you know, even... Um, Universal is going to appeal to the kid or the adult that is into um, not necessarily like roller coasters, but more intense rides. So if you have a child that maybe does like, like, for example, my son is not really into very intense rides like that, that might not be the best suited um, park for him. Um, but on that note, there were a lot of things there that I think he would enjoy too, um, especially the themed um, lands like Harry Potter because it was so immersive. And you guys just started watching. You saw the third Harry Potter today. Yes. We so, did. Yeah, we've, we were sort of inspired. Oh, by the, uh, getting them ready, huh? Yeah. Getting them yeah. ready. That's so good. It was so good. Um. Okay, and Mark, because it is your first time, what was your right. impression? Just as not as an agent, as much as just a guest. As a general. muggle. As I a was, muggle. I am a muggle. Yes, I, I, I'll tell you, I was really impressed. I was, I, I was. It was better than I imagined it was going to be. Like I've always, you know, as a Disney fan, I sort of had that, that you know, bias. I was like, oh, it's just not as good. But um, it was. I was really impressed with everything. I really was. I thought. I thought they did a really nice job. And and I do agree that the, I think that all the rides are, are are more intense than than what you get at Disney. But I, I just I, I really enjoyed it. I had fun. So let's talk first about the hotels because you guys all experienced the hotels. Bridget, what was your overall feeling? You you were able to stay at Cabana Bay, which I think is some of the best theming in Orlando. What did you think? I loved Cabana Bay. The rooms were nice and spacious. Um, we had a view of Volcano Bay. 
and which was just amazing. I mean, yeah. and it, the whole wall was like a window out to look out at Volcano Bay. Um, so that was just <clears throat> in and of itself an experience. And then um, just the whole resort, the way they themed it with the bowling yeah. alley and um, the Jack Elaine Fitness Center. Like, I thought that was so cool that they even worked um, that, like, 60s vibe into, into like, the, the, the gym. Yeah. Um, and just the, I loved the pools there. I loved that they had fire pits for s'more, s'mores and, you know, you could buy the s'mores kits, um, in the store. Like it just, it had a very, that felt very like Disney to me in that it was so well themed and very encompassing. Like you were in your own little world there. Well, and that fitness center, there's not a better gym in a hotel in Orlando. Oh, it's that huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't work out often on my vacation, but if I did, I'd be there. And I think usually when I've been there, there's usually like a couple people in there. You do have these people who, you know, they're gone for a week. They are going to work out. And one thing is that if you're staying at one of the other Universal hotels, they might have a smaller gym. You can go use the Cabana Bay gym if you wanted. So just keep that in mind. File it away if you happen to be at, you know, Sapphire Falls or... Portofino or wherever. Okay, Amber, what about you? So if I was keeping score, um, I would have to give a point to Universal for their value resorts. Um, I think their value resorts do trump Disney's value resorts. Um, Just looking at Cabana Bay with the amenities that they have, the Lazy River, the bowling alley, it really did not feel like a value to me. No, 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 it doesn't. And the price, the price point, I believe, is a little better. Well, and even like when we moved over to Disney, we stayed at Pop, and the room size in comparison was significant. Yes, yeah, significant. like less amenities too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but... it's hard to beat that pool. I mean, you you see that pool at Cabana, and you're like, is that a value? Same with Sapphire Falls, which you guys didn't get to see because it's closed. Um, and I think that's called like a value plus for them. But still, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's a beautiful hotel. Yeah, their hotels and, are great. And I, I, I don't know if 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 it wasn't open. This the Swizzle Lounge was it not open while we were there? Or is it? Or... Oh, you know, I don't think it's opened. Yeah, right it was now. because I, I just thought like when we walked into that into the lobby and I saw the Swizzle Lounge over there, I was like, man, I'd love to just go and sit there and have a drink. <laughs> right? Cause Especially because you, you didn't have kids. Such... You didn't have kids yeah, there. It was, just, it, it was so well themed and and you know it was very you know 60s vibe like it was really cool i i i would have liked to just sat there and have a, had a drink it was it was pretty neat mark you know what you would have really liked is the hotel across the street the aventura which is like a very modern very like um it's very spare you know there's not a uh-huh. lot of stuff you know it's very simple and sleek but on the top floor they have an outdoor patio and a bar like a gorgeous bar you guys would have loved that uh, it's not open but you would have liked yeah, it, right, it right, you right, would have liked it <laughs> right now that aren't open but you know that'll change so okay all right so we covered our hotels and i think um i i think that overall i think universal's hotels because Okay, they're fantastic. And as one of you said, you know, the price point is pretty good, even for their deluxe hotels, and particularly when you consider, um, I'll, I'll just give you an example. 
uh, I booked Hard Rock for our family just for one night. And it was under, with an annual pass discount, I think it was like $360 uh, Thanksgiving week because we wanted to have Express Pass. And you get the Express Pass for the you know the day you check in and the day after that's really hard to beat for that price and that's a deluxe hotel that i can literally walk 10 or 15 minutes and get into a park so you know that's a great deal because i can't say that i mean i love the you know contemporary um but it's a lot more money oh yeah you know so Mm -hmm. okay let's talk about food because i i do think that i hate to say it I think the food is the one place where I'm going to have to say Disney is their way above. Oh, you yeah. know, and I hate to say that, but I think we've had this discussion before. We've had this discussion with people from Universal when they ask us. So, Amber, what did you think about the food? So, I only ate at one restaurant at Universal, and that was the Leaky Cauldron Okay. Um, in Wizarding World. And like you were saying, Chris, it was okay. Like, I wasn't blown away. Um, I would probably put it on par with Disney's quick service. What'd you get? I got the fish and chips because, you know, you're in London. You have to. So I've got to say Leaky Cauldron is something I will actually leave uh, Disney property for and go to Diagon Alley and eat. But part of it is, okay, I love the fish and chips. I like to get a butterbeer. But the theming in there is amazing. Like in the Leaky Cauldron itself, not just Diagon Alley, that theming is incredible. It was, and it's a little different now, you know, COVID times. You have to wait in a line six feet apart, and then it took us a good 30 minutes to get in the door because they were doing the mobile ordering thing, and then when you get in, then, you know, your server brings you your food, so it's a little different, um, but I I liked it overall. Okay. How about you, Bridget and Mark? What did you guys think? But we really didn't eat in the park, did we? I mean, I got, like, Starbucks at one point but the, yeah. I, we didn't i don't think we sat down and had a meal at the park all i had was ice cream and it was delicious yeah. so i made her go into florian's and get the uh, which is in diagon alley and get the um the chocolate it's like mexican chocolate, chocolate. oh right? so good oh, that delicious. ice cream it's almost like ice cream punishment you know because it's like delicious <laughs> chocolate and then boom that spice hits you it's so good mm-hmm. sounds delicious. great and then we we had but our second scoop underneath that was the uh salted caramel blondie oh was, i love that one. Oh god don't even get me started okay <laughs> um but <laughs> that i yeah, made her eat it out of the sh- in the shade in nocturne alley i'm like we have to go this is my tradition i stand in nocturne alley and eat my ice cream I was like, like where are you me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but, what is this place so weird yeah, okay but we really didn't we didn't have i mean i don't even think we really even got quick service did we no we really didn't yeah um, we what did we you no- eat you ate at the you ate at city walk right we ate at city walk the night we yeah. got there okay and, yeah we ate at uh cowfish I thought that was really good. I mean, I what did I? I got a burger. I, I got one of their burgers, and Bridget got something different. But I, I thought it was good. I mean, you know, I mean, it, I, that I don't know appetizer that, we got. Yeah, the was, appetizer was delicious. It was supposed to be like um, a crab rangoon, but yeah. like the wontons were fried into the side, and the scent, like the center of that crab rangoon, is in like is actually like a dip. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was really delicious. good. That was really good. Yeah, every, I, I thought I thought cowfish was 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 very good. Why is it called you know, cowfish? It's because it's burgers and sushi. 
So it's, you know, and. Um, oh, like surf and turf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good point. <laughs> Never well, thought but, about it that way. Yeah, but it was it was it was different. I mean, the you know the burger was really good. If you're looking for a good burger, this place to go. And um, Bridget, Bridget got Bridget got like a sushi thing that was actually a cheeseburger, but it was like cut up like a sushi like sushi. But it was that was good too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I forget what they called it. I forget what it was called. But it was basically like a hamburger that looked like sushi, like a cheeseburger. It had like the pickles all diced in it, and <laughs> it was like wrapped. Like, I was. It was good. Yeah. It was fun it was, to eat. It, it, yeah, it was good. And I, um, I, you know, I think that a, a, a lot of the restaurants on uh, the City Walk, you know, there there are a lot of third party restaurants, just like Disney has third party providers at, uh, at Disney Springs, and I think you've got a wide variety of options there. Uh, but I but I think when you're comparing food, like you know, in the parks, uh, I think Chris is right. D- Disney has the edge. Um, but, uh, you know, universal city walk, Catfish, the food was really good. Um, what is it on, on Tejitos? That's really good. Is really great Mexican. Okay. Um, yeah. I would put We thought that... about going there. We thought about going to that one. It's, it's really good. Next time you guys are there, you should check it out. I would say it's, I would say it's a little better than Frontera, which I love over in Disney Springs. If that kind of gives you an idea of kind of where they're going, it's a little more authentic. It's not like Tex Tex Mex or something like that. Right, so. right. Um, okay, all right. And uh, did you want to say anything more about the food, Tony? Because I know you've been there recently. No, that's that's my one. Uh, okay. Uh, piece of input. Can can I gush real quick about the butter beer? Because I thought the butter beer was outstanding. I oh my gosh, of course. And then I want to ask you about Voodoo Donuts as well, because I know you guys okay. went there. Okay. Oh right, yes, we did that too. Yeah, the, uh, the butter beer was outstanding. I, I I now I get what everybody's been talking about all these years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like you know, the you, foam. If you had gone this week, Mark, you would have been able to get hot butter beer. <gasps> we Is heard it about out now? that. Wait, I think they had it last week. But do you like the hot butter beer better, Chris? I love it better. Oh God, it's so good. I've never yeah. had it. They ran out. Oh, it's so good. I we're going there, like I said, Thanksgiving week, and I know exactly. Like I have all my food planned out over there. You got the food plan. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I did. The frozen the, is did, like I, a big letdown. That's I, what I got. I, I like got the I frozen like one. That's my favorite. Yeah, our um, very generous boss bought a oh, round of butter beers. The worst, <laughs> actually. That was that was tough because it was hard to do anything that day, and I think we would do things differently next time. Um, I felt really bad because, like, some people were kind of stuck on the other side, you know, and the parks had closed to capacity, right? Uh, because of you know all the restrictions on how many people can be in there. So we had planned a butter beer meetup, and not everybody could make it over to our side. So I, I felt bad, but. We'll definitely do it again, and we'll do something different, and it, it will have to involve butterbeer. So, yeah, Mark didn't get he didn't get the frozen. I got the frozen. He didn't get the frozen when he got it, right? Yeah, the first time I just got a regular one. The second time we got frozen one. What and do you like better? I, I do like the frozen better. I think I do I like too. The both, but I think I did like the frozen better. I do too, and I like the topping. Yeah. Yeah. The topping so awesome. I I've actually told this story before, and I'll just tell it again, but. So I went to the Warner Brothers studio tour in London and 
they serve butterbeer there. And I thought, you know, in the States, they won't alter your butterbeer at all. Like you can't add ice to it. You can't ask for more foam, none of it. Which my dream is just to have like a spigot of foam, right? Yes. Because, you know, they like put it under there. And you're like, I just want to put my hand under there. But you can't. Yeah. So when we were in the UK, I said to the guy doling out butterbeer, I said, could you just put like a few more, you know, a little bit more foam on it? And he's like, sure. And he did. And it wasn't as good that way. So J.K. Rowling knows what she's doing, probably, uh, at least in that respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I still want to yeah, test I love it out. I know, right? I was thinking about it. Like, if I ever go back there, I'm going to ask for it again. What the heck? And I always wonder, like, how do the people who work there not just, like, swipe a little bit of it? And I don't know. I would. They might. Um, anyway. <laughs> like, you eating bread pudding in the, the freezer. Yes, I would. Yeah. Well, you know, I had to. Got to do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah, I'm starving youngster. Okay, let's move on to probably the most important aspect of this, the rides. Amber, what did you think about the rides? So I'm not sure if I said earlier, I did spend most of my time in the Harry Potter area. So the I rode most of those, you know, the Potter rides on both sides, the Universal side and the Island side. And oh my goodness, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey Yes. It blew my socks off. I thought that Flight of Passage was the best ride in Orlando in Florida, but again, gonna have to give the point to that one. Okay. You know, I like I like that ride because it's unexpected. If you don't really know the ride vehicle, how it's gonna mm -hmm. happen, it's so yes. it's such a shock because there's nothing out there like it, and it also mixes real props with the screens, so it's not all just a screen simulation. I really like that. What about uh, you, Bridget and Mark? What if, well, I'm putting you two together, but since you were together, what did you guys think? <laughs> I'll let Mark talk since he had more park time. Yeah, because you had to. Yeah. you did the resort tours and stuff yeah okay so let him go first and he can give his impression uh yeah i i really i like i really liked all the rides and i i and i've been saying this uh i said it to bridget too i was i i was like i really enjoyed universal i thought i, I we had i had fun the whole day i was there i don't know that my kids would enjoy it as much because they're not as yeah. into the it like the intense rides but the you know some of those coasters are are amazing and, and the, the other thing i noticed about some of the universal rides is is they tend to be like their time like they tend to be longer in in time right like you're on the ride a, i think longer than you're on most disney rides do you know what i'm saying yeah and and you know like i i, I we were on the like we took we did the hulk coaster and um and that's i mean there's like seven loops and i mean you're on that ride Did for bridget get on the hulk coaster she did. Oh yeah, I'll ride that stuff. I mean, I had oh, a yeah. banging She's... headache when I came. Yeah. Off okay, it, yeah, that but... one is very rough. Yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah, I after that I couldn't really. Anything else had to be a little bit tamer because I was yeah. my head was killing me after it. But and, it was fun. But we also and we also did. I got to ride the Hagrid ride twice. Um, once by myself before Bridget got there, and then and then Bridget and I got on it later on. And I, I think that ride is outstanding. I can't I mean, wait. That, I had, I had a ball on that ride. It was so, it was, a, it's a lot of fun, and um, you know, and I, I, I don't know if that's what Disney intends for Tron, if it's going to be similar to that. But yeah, that, that is a great ride. That's like one of my favorite rides in Orlando now. I think. <laughs> like that oh, ride. I can't that wait! Ride is amazing. So, is it like, is it really? 
for someone that doesn't like coasters or that can ride Slinky Dog, is it like more intense than Slinky Dog? Oh, yes. Yes. Because yes. uh, I'm trying to see if my mom will go on it. It's, yeah, it's a lot wanna, of fun. I want to do it, but I don't want to like have a... I, I hate Space Mountain, but I think part of it is because it's dark. I think I could handle Hagrid's. I think you Somehow. could. I yeah. think it's... it's uh, it's like it's like no other coaster you've been on that's but it's and it's not it's not that it's not tame i mean it is it's not like it's obviously not like hulk it's not like the pie rocket anything like that but it's got a lot of surprises that you yeah can okay okay yeah. yeah it's intense it's and it's it's a good ride the other thing i i i noticed about uh universal is and I, this was, you know, because I went in there not know, literally nothing, knowing nothing about Universal, right? And um, bags are an issue at Universal. Yes. They are an issue at Universal. And that, that is not something I anticipated. You need to carry a small fanny pack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got, well, before Bye, we got on the... Well, Let's think about the fanny pack. <laughs> yes, I am. Car. I am right now. <laughs> Oh. oh my god like, don't give him ideas <laughs> I'm, I'm already dealing with the floppy hat and the, everybody uh, just rein it in you know when I'm I think Mark in a floppy hat a fanny pack and a smile <laughs> oh my gosh when I saw the Keens, when I with saw Keens. The Keens they were so much less attractive in person than I thought they would I be told I, you. I told and you and I told Bridget I'm like how do you handle those and she's like ah <laughs> your, shorts, your shorts don't have enough pockets as it is. Yeah. You can never have too many pockets, Adam. Wait, never. Mark, were you carrying like a big bag? Oh yeah, I had a big bag. I had a backpack. You didn't have your ki- the kids weren't with you. What were you carrying? I carry the backpack. You gotta have the backpack. I got the backpack. You got no kids. I have batteries. I have cords. You don't I even know the amount of my. Gosh. So time out. So Mark, so you have cargo pant and every cargo pocket has stuff in it, plus the backpack? Well, the, see, this is how I, I view the cargo shorts pockets, right? Like the par- cargo short pocket is really like, it's like the holster for my, for my cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So like, in the old west, I got my, I'm carrying my my cell phone on my hip, right? Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, that's that's how I envision the. I can the cargo see, shorts. I can see, I can see Mark with a cell phone clip, like a oh, cellular God. phone clip on his his on belt. belt. You know, and I, I, I'm like sauntering into you know Frontierland with my cell phone on my my cargo short, like a good old holster. Good old quick draw campy. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's how I envisioned it. A little tumbleweed it's very rolling. Cool Never in my head. The phone call. <laughs> now see this this is why I advocate for the safari jacket that like the uh the photographers wear. Oh like the vest. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm just ready to bring the pager back. And some and some uh pay phones. <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> But I wonder what people would do if they actually couldn't have their phones for a day, you know, and they had to rely on stuff like that. It'd be a nightmare. Can't even imagine. Well, so on Hulk, <laughs> oh, yeah, supposed I got to put, you're supposed to, you know, you go to the locker, you put your bag away, and you're supposed to leave your cell phone, too. 
He was like, I'm not leaving my cell phone. I was like, I'm not leaving the cell phone. I'll put it in my back pocket. Mark Campy. So we're walking and he's got his cell phone with him. And then we go to the magnetometer and he gets pulled over again. Yeah. And I like, and then here I am, I'm off to the side. And I looked at them. I was like, this happens all the time. I I, I don't even know what to say about this. They they wand you down on that, on that coaster. They they shipped him out. He had to go put it in locker. Like before they send you up to the loading platform, they've got they've got like those yes. wands. Like yes, they, have they at do. The, at, at the uh, at TSA. Well, you, you see know, those like, those big nets. I lit up, Mark. They did that to me, and I lit up like a Christmas tree because I got all this. I got keys. I got. <laughs> they were like, I had to go back to the locker. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was like, this is so embarrassing. Well, I I <laughs> snuck my phone into Forbidden Journey and had it in my front pant pocket because I thought it would be fine and then all of a sudden I realized oh my gosh it slipped out and it was going over my head and I caught it but I almost didn't catch it because and that's why they tell you like to put them in the locker yeah I I, I was totally like the locker situation totally surprised me I was I was sort of I I, I it's like every ride you've got to you got to put your bag in a locker and I that's not just just not something you deal with at Disney you know it's you know, I, there isn't a ride I don't go on without a bag. Yeah, and that was a little annoying because there was a line for the locker, and then after you got out of the line for the locker, then you had to get in line for the ride. So it was like double whammy. Yeah, and then I'm sure with the corona, you're trying to not be so close to everybody. How was that yeah. with the COVID? They, well, they staggered people going to the locker. So if you're in a section of the lockers, it was only like only one person could be in each section. Okay. Right, so then there, so then there was a real long line for the lockers, you know. So you'd wait in that line, get put your stuff into the locker, and then you had to go get in the line for the for the ride. Okay, that was kind of weird. Like you know, at first when we saw the line, like when we went there when they first opened up, we saw the huge line for the lockers, and we thought, oh, is that to get into Gringotts? <laughs> no, not at all. You have to do that first. So it is kind of inconvenience. Normally, not like that. So, and it, that's yeah. like that with some of the other rides too that you can't bring you know something on so Mm -hmm. that's something to keep in mind let's say someone comes to you and they're a huge disney fan and they say should i go over to universal what would you tell them would you tell them yes first of all and then how would you tell them to do it would you say stay over there or would you say go over for a day i know a one-day ticket is pretty steep it's like 180 bucks for a park to park but what would what would you tell them i'm going to start with amber so recently I had a client who was spending five or six days at Disney. She's booked for next Christmas. Um, and she was talking about going over to Universal just for a day. And I just showed her the price difference, you know, because at Disney, once you get to that fourth day, fifth day, it is not a lot more to add on one additional day. So I showed her the price difference between here's one more day at Disney And here's if you did one day at Universal. And they were semi-budget conscious. So when they saw those numbers, they said, oh, yeah, we're going to stay at Disney. Okay. I've I've had that happen a lot, too. Mm -hmm. Or I'll have a family say, you know, go ahead. Just uh, tell me what the price is for a family of four. And you give them the price. And they're like, ooh. Um, On the other hand, (laughs) I've 
I've had a lot of clients do a split stay. They'll come in and they'll do universal first, which I know Tony likes. Um, they'll do universal first and then they'll switch over to, to Disney and do their regular vacation. So maybe they're taking a day or even two days or three days off of their Disney trip, but they're getting that universal experience with like older kids, especially. I think that's mm-hmm. a nice way to do it. Um, what Wait would you second. tell? Did, did you say I like the split stay? I thought you said that you, if you were going to do a split stay a while ago, I thought you said you would tell people do, do your universal part first. I would never advocate a split stay with a Disney trip. I don't think it's cost effective. I would advocate a, a universal trip with a SeaWorld Kennedy space center Post cruise, Gatorland, uh, uh, Holy Land, Gatorland. You know, I Gatorland love Gatorland. Gatorland is love awesome, it. actually. I, I would really. You know, what about Wiki Watch? Yeah, where they have is. the mermaids. Sure. They don't have them anymore. Um, they, they don't. Oh, wait, they do. You're right. No, it's the Southern Bells. They used to have at uh, Cypress Gardens. Is now Legoland. Oh, yeah. Sorry. To to piggyback to piggyback on what Amber said, you know, when you get into those fourth, fifth, sixth days at Disney, it, it's really cost effective to do a a longer vacation there, um, and and I don't think for the price point, you know, you some people are like, I want to do three days in Disney and three days in Universal, and those first three days for both parks are, you know, the cost per day is is for lack of a better term, outrageous. Um, yeah. You know, grant, granted, we're in the business of, of selling vacations, so I'm not trying to say that to scare anyone, um, but that's where the highest price points are is on those first three days. So if you're going to do a trip, you know, my feeling is do a separate universal trip. There is enough to do there for two or three days. You know, they've got three parks um, and, and you can get a day in each of those parks. And then, you know, if you're going to do a week, like I said, you know, do the Space Center, do SeaWorld, um, do some of the other local attractions. Maybe go to Disney Springs for a day. You know, you get your your bit of Disney in and it's free. You don't have to pay to go to a park. Um, but I would never I would never do a, a split stay. I've done it at the end of a Disney cruise. I've gone to Universal for two days. Um, but Maybe I, I, it was you saying you kept looking down the road wistfully. Maybe that was what it was. Yes, that was it. I must have been all liquored up and, and, and going against all of my better judgments. But that wouldn't be the first time. Okay. Um, what about you, Bridget? Um, I get a lot of clients who – I've had people do split stays, but I've ha- I have a lot of clients who will just go over for a day um, or two um, and stay on Disney property. And that seems to be a little more cost-effective – um, but like Tony said, like when, and, and Amber said too, when they see the price difference, yeah, it's, you know, they, they'll oftentimes say to me, wow, Universal's really expensive. And I, I'm like, I know it is, but having been there now, I think it's going to depend on the client too. You know, um, are they big Potter fans? If they are, then yeah, they should go over. Um, but I would say, you know, they, I, I would say maybe like a day, if they're doing an exclusive Disney trip. Um, but I think Tony's right. Like just doing a universal universal trip is if that's where, you know, if they want to spend some time there and really kind of enjoy it is probably the better way to go too, and more cost effective. Oh yeah. My, my client was just there. She's checking out tomorrow. 
I believe. I saw her pictures. Oh, yeah. She said Universal, she thinks it's more immersive than Disney in the Harry Potter area. She said they've definitely got the edge up on Disney with the immersion, with the Harry Potter, and they had a blast. She said she didn't expect to have as much fun as they did, but they had such a good time, and they want to go back. It's absolutely crazy how amazing Diagon Alley and Hogsmeade are. I just, I can't even, like, like every time I go there, and I'm the kind of person, I will literally go there and um, just sit down, get a butterbeer, and watch things and look at things. There's something new every single time you go there. And, and, and at night, like there's a difference in how it looks between night and day. Or if it's, I was there with my friend, I, I took her for the first time ever. She came down during our training and I said, um, I said, Oh, you know, what do you think? And she's like, I want to see it when it's rainy. Cause I know it's going to look totally different. And she was right. It's totally different when it's rainy. That's so, so cool. I would have never thought yeah. to think that. Oh yeah. It's like a different, like I, and I don't get to go there a lot at night, you know, but I was there like a month or two ago and I stay, I intentionally stayed at night so I could just see it when the, you know, dusk is happening mm-hmm. and it was just stunning. It's Yeah. You had some stunning. beautiful photos. Thank you. That's a lot coming from you since you're a photographer. I appreciate oh, really that. Really good. So I, I actually yeah. credit any good f- pictures I take, um, to your, uh, tutoring. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I'll say this about about Harry Potter, the like, and I, I as a huge Star Wars fan, I love Galaxy's Edge. I mean, it's 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 amazing, you know. But I'll I, what I'll say this about about the Harry Potter stuff over at Universal is, I feel like there's more to do there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like, you know, first of all, there's I mean, and granted, it's in two different parks. It's like two separate things, but there's you know there's five rides between those two areas. And, um, you know, and then there's, and then the, the shops and, I mean, it seems like there's a, a whole lot more like shops in, in the two areas. And I just saw like, you know, and, and maybe Galaxy's Edge just hasn't gotten to that point yet where they're, where, 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 you know, cause it's still, I know they're still making improvements on it, but there were so many kids walking around with those wands and doing things. And I mean, it, it just seemed really interactive. So I, I just, I do think there's more to do in the Harry, for the Harry Potter stuff. You know? Do you, do you think also because there's a story in Diagon Alley and in Wizarding well in the whole Wizarding World there's a story that you know as opposed to Galaxy's Edge where there's really not a story that we've been exposed to? I think you that's, know I I think that's fair. Yeah, I I think that's that's probably true. It's just I mean whereas Galaxy's Edge is familiar because you're 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 you know it sort of looks like you know stuff from the movies you've seen. But yeah, it is different in that, like when you when you walk into Diagon Alley, you're there. You know, this is this is the Diagon Alley yeah. the movie. This is, you know, it's it's a that is a I, it, maybe that is a difference. You know, Bridget and I were just talking earlier because she had you know, call, I think I called her actually, but she was telling me that y'all had watched the third movie. Yeah, and mm-hmm. she said that um you know the the one thing we we're talking about is like the character development. Like the th- my problem with Star Wars has always been the character development is so minor 
you know, you really don't know a lot about these characters. Whereas with Star Wars, or sorry, with um, Harry Potter, you really do. And I was saying, you know, like, look, you're going to get more into these stories and you're going to find out so much about these characters. You're going to fall right, in love right. with these characters. You have an emotional connection. Like you're a grown up and you're like emotionally connected to these stories. Um, I don't ever feel that with Star Wars. No, I yeah. think they did a great job with uh, both Harry Potter sections in their park. You know, uh, Galaxy's Edge is a a one-off statement in Han Solo's uh, solo movie. Yeah. You know, right. before that, we knew nothing about Galaxy's Edge. We knew nothing about Batu, Black Spire, whatever you want to call it. And I think Disney did themselves and Star Wars fans a disservice by giving us an area that is unknown. Uh, so Universal does have a step up on the fact that you are stepping into an environment that has been fully fleshed out in the movies, and now you are walking onto or into the world of Harry Potter. And that's the same feeling I got, you know, the first time I went to be our guest and I went in there for yeah. my meal. I was like, oh, my God, I have just walked into a frame in the movie. You know, the same feeling I got when I walked into Radiator Springs. And, you know, I don't get that feeling when I walk into Galaxy's Edge. It's like, yes, it's Star Wars. Yes, this is, you know, still still cool, still great because it's Star Wars. But I have no emotional connection with it. And there's more of an emotional connection with Harry Potter, mm -hmm. even with me as a casual fan. Um, you know, I never read the books. I only know it from the movies. Um, but I, I felt like, you know, I was in this immersive environment and, you know, Disney has tried to get there, but I think it's still lacking. And yeah. if there is, you know, uh, Galaxy's Edge Phase 2 at some point to open up, uh, that'll be great. Um, and I also think that they hurt themselves by putting two Galaxy's Edges on opposite ends of the country. They didn't put Hogsmeade and Hogsmeade in two different parks at Universal. Um and, you know, Disney could have easily done Tatooine in Florida and Hoth in, you know, or Dagobah in California. Yeah. They, they gave us two identical lands. So, Tony, would you, as a Star Wars fan, would you have, was that what you would have identified as? You think it would have been more immersive if it was something out of the movie that you knew, like the Ewok area, whatever that forest is, you know. Yeah, so the if little... it were the forest moon of Endor. Okay, is that what uh, it is? Yes. Okay. I, I would have, uh, you know, I would have felt more of a connection. Now it's like, you know, you walk in and, and, and Mark will tell you, you know, Adam will tell you, you know, they're, they're Star Wars fans. Um, you look at it and it's like, it's great theming. It's Star Wars. It's still amazing. But ask me, ask me about the adventures I know about on Galaxy's Edge. You know, there's a couple yeah. of, of young adult books out that I haven't read. Uh, there, there's a new Oculus Rift VR series that is out about it, um, which I don't have. Tony, you're supposed to live your own Star Wars adv adventure when you go there and go back and go back and go back and get and more if that, adventures. If that Star Wars adventure includes eating a Ronto wrap and drinking a blue milk, I'm all in. It will. <laughs> so I wanted to ask Amber a question. So Amber, we're talking a lot about Harry Potter here because it's such a big part of those parks. You went before, you know, years ago before either section opened. What was the biggest difference to you from then and now? Because I, I think it's got to be, like, massive, you know? You know, I just don't remember so much from when I was there 
10 years ago, which kind of says a lot, like it just wasn't that memorable. I remember mm-hmm. snippets. I remember doing, wasn't there like a tornado twister experience that oh, we did? I remember I never the did Simpsons that. stuff, um, but it just wasn't, you know, that memorable. But now with all the, the Harry Potter stuff, isn't, I was looking at a map of Universal. Um, you know how Disney has the different lands throughout the park and Universal's, they're different quote-unquote lands are different cities around the U.S., right? You have your San Francisco area, your New York area. Um, But when I was just walking through Universal, I just always knew that I was in a theme park. But when you went into Diagon Alley and the Harry Potter stuff, you kind of forget. Like, you're no longer in a theme park. You are in Diagon Alley. You are going to find your Wanda Ollivanders. Um, You're just immersed. And that's what I would say is the biggest difference um, then 10 years ago versus now. Okay. I think that's pretty fair. That's probably, that's probably how I think a lot of people feel. It wasn't as memorable. I mean, like I love the Simpsons area. I love that ride. I remember a van pulled up and the Ninja Turtles came out and started dancing (laughs) and April was on top of the van I remember that she had a jumpsuit on, and I also remember the Blues Brothers. That's all I remember. There, they might still be there. I think I saw the Blues Brothers. Yeah, the Blues Brothers are still there. Okay, yeah, I think I saw them when we were walking around. Okay, and I remember Jaws. That is not there, but ET is still there, and that's original. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, ET is such. We didn't get on it. (gasps) You know what? It's so lame, but it's fun. So, and that actually reminds me. What, what is your favorite ride there? Because I'm going to tell you, my favorite ride there, okay, I love Gringotts. I mean, that goes without saying. But I think my favorite ride there is Seuss Trolley, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> I love that ride. And I think, Amber, were you the one who said, like, there were no wait times except for that one? It was like 45 minutes. Well, it was reversed. Most of the wait times, the your actual wait was about half of what was posted. Mm-hmm. And at the Seuss Trolley, the wait time was like 15 minutes and we waited more. It was like okay. yeah. 30 minutes that we waited. So it was just reversed. I love That's that a, attraction. I think we, we ran into the same thing. It was like the headliner rides that you expected to be waiting an hour and a half for. Were, were the, the line was less than what was posted. And then the, the smaller rides tended to be like the, it was either an accurate time or it was longer. That's because yeah. Seuss Trolley ride is the best ride in the park and everybody secretly <laughs> okay. knows it and wants to go on it. Can, can I just say something real quick about the queue? The queues yes. in the Harry Potter land, they are spectacular. They're worth even waiting to yeah, experience yeah. that queue. There's not very many rides out there where that's actually an attraction is the line. And I feel like mm-hmm. it is themed enough to where it seems like it is an attraction. Yeah. That's, I'll give you, yeah, 100%. I mean, even like for me, I'm not going on the Forbidden Journey, um, but I will definitely go walk through that castle. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, it's fantastic. Yeah, that queue was really cool. And Bridget didn't yeah. get to get on that one, but it was, that was really, it was, Next it, it was cool to walk through there. I, yeah. I really want to see what your kids think. And, you know, since I am like Nick, I'm not going to go on like crazy rides. I'm not going on the Hulk or something. I, I want to see like how you guys do at Universal with your kids. Cause your kids are kind of like totally different. Like you've got one kid who will go on anything and then you've got another kid. who's like, I don't think so. 
So right, yeah. And I, I, I said to him, I was like, you, there. I knew exactly which ones, the rides that we went on, that we were able, that I was able to get on. Like I knew exactly which ones he'd be okay on, um, or semi okay. Um, but I said to him, I was like, the theming alone, just, just to go into Diagon Alley, that alone is worth it because I think he would really enjoy that. I also like the child swap there better because the child swap in the Harry Potter areas, they have a waiting area that's inside by the ride. So you can wait in there and you don't have to wait all the way outside. So it's easier to swap and it's a themed little area. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. That's good to know. There is one main reason to bring children with you when you go to Universal. So you can see Barney? No, (gasps) the... The Pteranodon Flyers in yes. uh, Jurassic uh, the Jurassic Park section. Yeah, I, they that's are true. they are ageists at Universal, and or actually <laughs> heightists. They are heights elitists because if you are over fifty six inches tall, you have to be accompanied by someone under thirty six inches tall to ride the ride. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> wow. Though, because okay, so that means you just have a tiny tiny kid on that ride. Thank you. Tony, you could um, Tony, you could ride with me next time. We could ride together. Yeah. Adam's not a little person. No. No, I think he's <laughs> implying that I am. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. Tony. Um, I'm gonna turn this over to Tony to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. I'd like to remind you that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team help plan your family's next trip to Disney or Universal. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on The Mouse and More Podcast. On behalf of Chris, Liza, Bridget, her boy toy Mark, Adam, and our special guest Amber, remember to check out her podcast, The Fairy Pod Mothers, uh, as well as their Facebook group of the same name. This is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.